Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome everyone back to the return of the show. I am with my good friend Alex and of course I am Ben. Yes, we're here to talk about... Something we've all been waiting for. It is The Last of Us. I don't know why I decided to sing that note. Um, (laughs) I can promise I was not that jovial when I was watching it. I was Mm. very Mm -hmm. terrified and very sad. Just like you will be if you do not subscribe to this channel. And uh, potentially you'll also be overrun with a mind-bending and altering fungus. Yes, and funny enough, uh, I just had an ear infection, and it was a fungal infection. No! So pulled globs out of my ear. It was super gross. No, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oopsies, that's bad. You, it's begun. You see, if you don't subscribe, you'll be like Alex. She's not subscribed on all of her You're accounts. You're going to be why growing some ear truffles. No, no, no. We don't. I had truffles the other day. Don't say ear truffles. Oof. 
Oof. Okay. Well, anyway, regardless of how that's that's really unfortunate, Alex. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> what were your opening thoughts with this? You're for context. You're much more familiar with The Last of Us than I am. Um, I have seen up until the other day none of the gameplay, and uh, I, I've just been consuming it through osmosis through other people. Yeah, so um, I'm not super into video games. Uh, it all started when I played Halo as a kid and just could not get up the stairs. Uh, and as with all things in life, I decided if I wasn't immediately good at it, it just wasn't for me. Um, but I had watched gameplay of Last of Us because it's obviously a very compelling story. Um, and I think, honestly it would have been hard for them to screw it up because the story is so good in the game. Uh, so now they just have so much to build upon. And uh, the first episode is getting two huge thumbs up from me. I'm I'm in a similar spot. It's my understanding as well that the creative team, other than Craig Mason from Chernobyl, is pretty much the same creative team as the games as well. So there's a lot of passion going into it. I remember there was, um, I, I forget his name, he's either the head of Naughty Dog or he was the writer for this, but he said that if The Last of Us flopped as a move, as a uh, TV show, it would be the saddest thing to happen to him in his entire career. So, like, clearly yeah, there's a... Yeah, uh, it's Neil Druckmann, uh, and, well, writing credits for the first episode are Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, who, Neil Druckmann, uh was a writer for Nasty Dog, I believe. Yeah. It's- and yeah, has worked on all the Last of Us games. But yeah, I mean, the the reason that video game was so popular is apparent in why this show is going to be so popular. It's an incredible story. I mean, it, it tells you a lot that HBO is like, if you log into HBO right now, it, it first of all, it is the first thing that shows up as far as the opening uh as far as the opening page second of all it has game of thrones sunday night nine o'clock time slot Mm -hmm. which they seem extremely confident in it um i think i was reading somewhere that they sent full seasons out for critics to watch which uh i don't think is what's typically done because um they fucking know what they have and what they're about to put out there um, they're very confident. And, uh, you know, if the season continues the way this first episode started, they have every right to be confident. Absolutely. And I just want to say this first episode, fucking scary. I've, I, I knew yep. The Last of Us was a zombie game. I knew it was technically speaking a horror game, but mostly like when you hear about it online, everyone's like, oh, it's such a great story. It's such a tearjerker. People are significantly more focused on the human elements of it rather Mm -hmm. than the monster elements of it so for it to open with some of the greatest tension building i have ever seen that genuinely like i i normally don't get scared at zombie films or tv shows like the walking dead first episode it didn't really freak me out um and most zombie stuff just doesn't do it for me oh geez and i wonder why that is ben what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what what may have happened in the world that uh, really just absolutely changes your entire paradigm of viewing any sort of zombie flick? Wow. You know, now that you say that, <laughs> there was a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the reality is that uh, the world we live in right now um, probably has had a significant impact on the way you're going to be viewing something like this. Um, And then also just to go back, I said this multiple times to Ben when we were talking uh, uh, pre-recording, but I think Chernobyl, the TV miniseries, is one of the best things to ever be made. Definitely top pieces of media in the last five years. Um, and watching this, I kind of kept thinking about Chernobyl. Uh, Chernobyl came out in 2019 and I rewatched some of it, uh, in like 2001 and it, it hits different post pandemic with the like government fuck ups and cover ups and all of the like bureaucratic BS. Um, and Craig Mazin, who was the showrunner and creator of Chernobyl, is executive producing this show. So um, I definitely think this show is obviously in good hands. It helps um, to have a video game adaptation where the people actually like the video game. Not just like it, they created it, but like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because you've seen adaptations where you're like, do they not like... (laughs) Do they not like like the material? No, um, like... This is a legitimate thing, both with uh, the Halo adaptation and uh, very well documented with The Witcher. So The Witcher, the entire creative team, just outright dislikes both the books and the video games. And that's the reason why Henry Cavill left. So, like, it's it's really good to see an adaptation that's proving, like, hey, if you have people that like the source material in charge of it, it's going to work. And, like, yeah. it's... Just the way this entire opening scene plays out, it's mm-hmm. so obvious that just how much, ooh, excuse me, there is so, it's so obvious how much passion went into this, especially with the way that the like first 15 minutes of the game and the first 30 minutes of the film, excuse me, the film, I'm already giving it that kind of acclamation. The TV Yeah, I mean, show. the first episode is an hour and a half long. Like they're not, it, it it's almost a film long for yeah. the one episode. So they're not fucking around. Um, I God, everything about the, so like I rewatched it and you told me it the second we went into our pre-show taping, the opening car scene. Yes. I, I was like, mm, I feel like this is very similar to what is in the game. And it feels like you're in a video game in a good way. You have like, this claustrophobia, you're, I guess, technically third person viewing everything, but you're so close with those characters and you really are like, you have a frame within a frame of the, you know, front windshield of this truck. Um, and it's just so claustrophobic. You're, they're not sure where they're going. They're not sure what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I thought the thing with the planes was really cool and it was so scary because all you can imagine is people are like turning and attacking people on these planes like that's yeah. why it's crashing yeah that's that was the thing like the entire time you're watching it you're like oh wow this like i'm guessing it was a virus up until this point and then like i don't know how fungi work i don't know if like all the spores can talk to each other if they're a hive mind i'd imagine that might be a thing based off of my very rudimentary understanding of fungus but the idea that like it just all happens at once beforehand everyone's just like oh everyone's a little bit sick there's something weird going on but now it's like oh suddenly there's zombies 
Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the um, kind of prologue with the epidemiologist. It seems like it's set in the 60s. And the guy's talking about a global pandemic similar to the flu. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And then the other guy is like, well, f- fungus among us. Um, and he's like, which can't really happen now. But if the earth were to get warmer, oh, the, God. I, uh, by all rights, a scene like that normally would not work. But because of the history we've had with COVID, and we know that everything they're saying is right on a real level, and then the, like, really solemn cut to commercial break. Oh, yeah, so- it also, it's, I, you're kind of just like, I don't want to look up if that's possible. I just straight up don't want to. Yeah, but so I guess what he kind of explains is that it would control somebody's mind and the control would be to just try and infect other people. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like they're necessarily a hive mind, but it seems like they're uh, just trying to infect other people as quickly as possible. It's, um, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see where that goes. I will say the payoff of like, especially the zombie tension um, in the beginning when we're just in Sarah's POV, which by the way, we were like, it's my understanding that we were in Sarah's POV very briefly in the tutorial of the game, that opening sequence. Yeah, it's really just like, I mean, I think she dies within the first like, not even 10 minutes. So it is really nice to see one, I think they do a great job of like, she's just being a little more observant than the adults around her and cluing into like something's off. Um, and she's so innocent. And then it's also just so nice to get more of the relationship between her and her dad. Um, you know, in the game, it's like, okay, yeah, that's his daughter and she died. That's really awful. But they really build that world of like, you know, you don't know what happened to her mom. Did she die? Did she run off? But it's really just them against the world. They seem so sweet together. He seems like such a loving dad. He's really trying his best. Oh, and he, so it just makes her death so much worse. The, I, like, the entire time I was watching it, like, so I, I watched this with my partner, and uh, she does not do scary well. We had a whole thing, and she was like, you know what? I hear that this story is supposed to be really good, that it's, like, mostly an emotional connection. I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, okay, it's also a zombie film. Um, So we were also both like, I think that character's supposed to live. I thought I saw her in other promotional works that would have put her (laughs) alongside characters that I know would have been later in the story, and I was wrong. Um, Yeah. (laughs) She she did not make it. I Yeah, and I think, you know, it's really, it's very much like this in the game, um, but she dies so horribly. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Rue's death in the Hunger Games, where there's like this instant gratification of survival because the brother kills the soldier, and then the immediate horrific realization that um, the other person was like shot. Um, But she kind of goes down more realistically, which is screaming because she's in so much pain. And that, I mean, for me, just made it so much worse. It's it's awful to watch. Oh, God. The um, I think for me, the thing that like really sealed it was the moment that just the way. And also, I went back and rewatched it because I had to know how close it was. They do this in the game as well. They cut or pan over to Tommy and then 
mid cut back or mid pan back, all life has left her. It is sudden. Yeah, like he's like telling his brother to help him. And then he says his name because he's like, she just died. Yeah. And it's it's so gut wrenching in that moment because it's like you didn't even have the chance to say goodbye. It just passed you by in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, I can't even, obviously a child dying for anyone is so horrible, but to die in pain and scared is uh, just unbelievable and I think would drive normal people like off the edge of sanity. It's such a horrific thing to witness. So it really sets up, you know, I mean, you know, we don't have to dig for Joel (laughs) to have trauma and damage. Like we get it. We get why he is the way he is. Um, and it obviously Sarah sets a great foil for Ellie who, you know, Sarah's very sweet. She seems like really empathetic and you have Ellie who has grown, literally grown up. She's only known this world. She's never had a chance to be a real kid. Nobody who was born, you know, during this has had a chance to be like that, which, um, they do great world building. Like I think that, I think it's really interesting. They uh, it's the same in the game and obviously in the show, but a 20 year jump is really interesting. You know, I honestly can't think of that many other, I'm sure there are some, but I can't think of that many other sort of like apocalyptic, well, not apocalyptic, but like zombie esque movies where you're jumping forward that amount of time. Yeah. No, come to think of it, I, because the entire thing with The Walking Dead is The Walking Dead's very linear from the moment that the outbreak happens. And a lot of zombie yeah, fiction... Yeah, really, the, o- the only time jump we get is, um, I can't remember his name, but the main character when he comes out of the hospital. But it, that's been... It's days. Just a matter of days, maybe a week or two. Um, or kind of similarly, uh, 28 days later. Yeah. But I think one of the issues is that so much zombie fiction actually borrows from The Walking Dead, at least in its comic run, if not the earlier movies like Night of the Living Dead, which all are, all those stories are based around the moment of the outbreak. Not many of them are based around the society that emerges from the outbreak, unless we're talking about like The Walking Dead, in which case it eventually grows into that because the series in my opinion just went for way too long and also the comic book series kind of had the same idea of just wanting to explore the idea of the zombie apocalypse throughout the entirety of what happens after but this like i didn't because think- it's just it's such a different world you know yeah it's been 20 years so you have a full-fledged generation of now some of them are adults who have never known anything else. Yeah. Um, and so now you're trying, we're going to see like what, I mean, we're seeing it right now in Ellie, like what that does to a person and how it changes you fundamentally to have never have known, like have only known this horror. I think for me, like one of the big elements of that is the, just how mean Ellie is. Like normal kids, like, even in Ellie's predicament, she's got, like, cojones. She's got, like, nerves of steel. She's going to do what she needs to to survive. And, like, the when we open up, obviously she's captive by the Fireflies. 
but she's like trying to break out. She's ready to stab people. When a fight happens and she thinks she can get the jump on someone, aka Joel, she goes for it. It's like little feral children. Um, and Yeah, and it, I mean, they kind of make it seem like if it was anybody but Joel, she probably would have actually stabbed the person. <laughs> like, she yeah. would have gotten away with it. So, yeah, it's like she's... And they... I mean, I don't remember this from the games, but they kind of make a point to say that Joel was in the military. Um, so he does have some combat experience. And uh, they also bring up that Ellie was at, like, a military school, basically. yes. In which the military academy from a world building standpoint, I'm I'm super excited to figure out what's going on there because I really love the idea of what a military academy looks like under a dystopian dictatorship, which apparently yeah. is what has risen in this time. Um, and I, that's the thing is like Fedra. I, in this 20 years, I really want to know how that happened. So, like, I know from the game that eventually martial law was declared from, like, the first 15-minute opening because that's all I gave myself to, like, figure out, like, okay, how close was the adaptation? How shot for shot is all this? And then realizing that Fedra is not necessarily the U.S. military because they wanted it to just be the U.S. They would call it the U.S. So, yeah. Because it stands for um, Federal Disaster Response Agency. Ah. Yeah, so, like, that tells me that what ended up happening is, at some point, FEDRA either overthrew the government or the government was considered debunked, either due to, you know, being infected. Like, I don't know if we lost presidents right off the bat. I don't know, like, what happened to the structure, but at some point... Fedra had to have seized power in order to make yeah, this Yeah, it seems like, and it, it also seems like they're controlling the military. It, you know, obviously in something like this, what they're kind of alluding to is there's like a complete breakdown of um, all kind of like sense of democracy, which you can't really blame them. And then it's also like, you know, you have no idea what's going on in other countries. It seems like, you know, I love all of this interior shots where it's like people have clearly become, they're, you know, just scrapping everything to try and create, uh, like, all of this communication equipment because there's no cell phones. Like, they can only use radios. And uh, those are just such, such great details that give you a little insight into, like, what life is like. Yeah, it was kind of funny because, like seeing everything that's going on, one of the first things that initially came to my mind was the Fallout games, which apparently are also getting an adaptation that it will be another post-apocalyptic thing. And apparently the Fallout team is working on that. So that's another thing to be excited about if you're looking for good video game adaptations. I think that that one might end up doing pretty well. But mm -hmm. one of the other elements of this was like, and one of the first thoughts that went to my head is like, how does how does he have so much square footage in his apartment? How does Joel have all this? Because, <laughs> like, when you go see his apartment, it's, like, it's run down because it's the apocalypse. I'm like, there's there's a lot of real estate now that everyone's dead. Yeah, I it's mean, yeah, up. I think that's part of it, too. Which, I big shout-out to that one scene with the little kid walking up to the quarantine zone. Oh, God. And then oh, they, like, put that little device up to him. And you don't even see the other guy, 
but he just tilts it down so the woman can see that he's infected. And she just is like, oh, we're going to give you a little medicine. And then, oh, God, that is really heartbreaking, which also I think gives a little bit of, like, you know, humanity to these, you know, people who are the soldiers and stuff. They're they're living in here, too, you know? Yeah. Um, Which I just really liked that scene because it kind of showed, like, yeah, we're all in this absolute shit show together just trying to work on it or the guy even saying like i'm sorry i think joel says like uh oh like i guess shooting people will keep you up at night or something and the guy's like oh you think yeah well uh, for me one of the big ones i feel like this is a thematic element that's going to be throughout the entire thing and i really love that is the first instance of this is when joel is about to be killed in the opening after the officer has just fired at him and sarah thus giving Sarah the mortal wound that she'll die of. He's on the ground and he's like, please don't. And the man with the rifle is just like, I'm sorry. I oh, have to do it. The acting leading up to that was so good. I think I like made a note of that because he's like, yes, sir. Um, yeah. He like, you can just hear it playing out where he can't believe that he's getting an order to just simply shoot them. Cause he goes repeat. And then he's like, Yes, sir. And you just hear the like, oh, no, coming out in his voice. That was like, I really liked that. It's, I mean. The moment of just (sighs) like him giving up and like dealing with that. And like, honestly, that's like, it was such a good performance from an extra, essentially. Like a non-named character. featured, Featured extra. Oh, like, Could even have been voice acting. Might have not been the guy who was like, you know what I mean? Like, and it, uh, that really was good because you can hear immediately. You're like, oh, oh no. no, she's being told to just kill them. Ugh. That was such a sinking moment in all. Of yeah. That. So I also uh, the part in the car where Sarah asked, like, "How do you know we're not sick?" That it's, really sucked. I didn't like that. And that exact line is in the um, in that game. Opening. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's hits different. <laughs> uh, this oh, I, I think we have well established that this show is going to be sad. Um, yeah. One of the things that I I do have questions about, and uh, I'm sure the audience that has played the games can sp- knows what the answers to this are. But just as far as speculation, if you don't know, I'm feeling very suspicious over the fireflies. Now, normally when it's like, ah, there's a freedom freedom fighting group that's dealing with the oppressive government, I'm normally like, yeah, I'm on their side. But the fireflies kind of hit a little different. There's something about them that, like, it they feel off. I don't know whether yeah, it's the I fact mean, that I- everyone refers to them as terrorists despite the fact that it seems like they have a very noble goal or if it's yeah, the fact it seems that they like they have a noble goal, up. but they're willing to like kill people for it. Um, which, <laughs> you know, now they're 20 years into this. So that definitely makes sense. And then obviously no matter how noble anything is, you're going to have people that have their own agendas or have moral and ethical lines that they're willing to cross to, you know, for the quote unquote greater good, um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's 
yeah, there's, I don't think they're ever meant to come off as like the most no, it definitely seems like they're, um, kind of willing to do whatever they need to do to get what they want done, done. Yeah. I, I feel like for me, a lot of this is, there's just something that feels like, I don't know what their intentions with Ellie are. Cause you'd imagine the people with the resources to use, um, I guess not really spoilers, but like it's very obvious by the end of the episode that Ellie has some ability to resist or at least be immune to the actual infection. She's she seems to be immune to the virus, and I'm yeah, guessing because that that she, is- it shows that she is infected. She said she got bit three weeks earlier, so she clearly you know there's something going on now. Yeah. Marlene also says. That, like, there's been something special about her since before that. So Interesting. did something happen to her as a kid? Um, yeah, you're we right. We don't know. We'll find out. But, the, I yeah, think- I mean, th- that's a moral quandary. Would you be willing to uh, conduct a bunch of uh, medical experiments on one person to save all of humanity? Yeah, that's tough. You I, know, that's really tough. And it's what's interesting to me is like the because Fedra definitely seems to have no idea who she is, what she can do, what yeah. her relationship is. But obviously, she's going to turn into like the story has to be that she turns into the golden goose. The cat gets out of the bag that she's immune. And the question is going to be. Give her to Fedra, give her to the Fireflies, or let her live her own life um, and not be a medical experiment. Or yeah, it definitely it has. It definitely reminds me of um, the 2006 movie Children of Men, um, which is about like a near future where basically everyone is struck with infertility and um, and the like. I think the movie uh, near the beginning, the youngest person alive dies. Ooh. Um, and so basically uh, people have to transport a woman who is pregnant uh, to like a safe zone. Um, so definitely there, some of that uh, kind of is like conjured in mind. It's a really good movie actually with like Julianne Moore and Michael Caine's in it. As far as the Fireflies are concerned, I don't know if they're going to be a fan favorite. I don't know if we are all like, if we're all feeling suspicious like myself. I know Fedra, we're definitely not vibing with, uh, which just kind of leads into, as far as Ellie's concerned, the actual, what's obviously going to be the heart of the show and what we finally get by the end, the Ellie and Joel dynamic. Um, which, again, the foil between Ellie and Sarah just the mm-hmm. pure difference. And then especially, like, I feel like it gets really highlighted in the fact that uh, in the, I'm not going to pretend that this is an observation I made myself uh, because it is very noted in the uh, post-show credits, but Ellie's reaction to Joel killing someone for them versus Sarah's is frightening. Yeah, it's, I, I like that they really pointed that out um, in the, like, behind the scenes. Um and it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like he almost has like PTSD and just like blacks out and kills this guy. Um, and it also, I think, says a lot too about Ellie. She's never had parents. She grew up in this like, you know, 
brick in the wall military type school. She's never had anyone really care about her. I do love the like line in the beginning. Are you my mom? Do I look like your mom? No. Uh, that was so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> Just this brief <laughs> moment of like, he's like, you're not going to pull the parent thing on me. And she's like, no, of course I'm not going to. That's- she's like, do I look like your mom? <laughs> um, Yeah. But Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey have incredible chemistry. They're both phenomenal actors. Both were phenomenal in Game of Thrones. Yes. Um, This is the nepotism but- project. There's- yeah, it really is. There's so many. Uh, I also, uh, Anna Torv. In another great show that is just the third season's never going to come out, I guess. Mindhunter. <laughs> um, Anna Torv is so good in that. I honestly at first didn't even realize it was her playing Tess. Yeah. Um, it's such a departure from her character in Mindhunter. I'm, She's a phenomenal actress. Um, I'm so worried about Tess because unfortunately when people talk about the original Last of Us Part 1, I don't hear or see about Tess a lot which tells me I don't think she's gonna make it and I love her no comment (laughs) no comment I just love the dynamic that is established there especially because Tess is like she's a fucking hurricane yeah and she's like running like she's got Joel wrapped around her little goddamn finger it's yeah I mean she uh, this seems like um Somebody who she's clearly knows how to take care of herself. I just that scene where she has like the two guys and the guy is she's like comforting this guy who had two people beat her up. I guess that he didn't necessarily he just wanted them to bring her in. He didn't want them to beat her up. But she's like comforting him. Basically like, hey, man, it happens. Like, we'll get through this. No worries. Because she just wants to get out of there. But. (laughs) <laughs> that scene is so good. She's I I want I, I want more of her. I know we're gonna get plenty more of her. I'm really scared for what's gonna happen to that character. Um I'm I'm just re- I'm really, really happy that this did not turn out to be a dud. Cause I was so worried that we're gonna end up in another situation where people that were not passionate made a video game adaptation. And we got handed what we got handed. And that is just not what's happened. And I'm now just terrified that I'm going to have to go through uh, what everyone agrees as being one of the saddest video game experiences ever. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It is definitely going to be brutal. Um, It's going to be violent. (laughs) Yes. I um, give me the emotional torture. That's all I ask for for this season. Yes, absolutely. Great way to start the year off. <laughs> and with that, uh, I guess we're going to end it for this week. We'll be back next week with the next episode's breakdown thoughts. Um, this is just the pilot, so there's not too much to dissect yet. Just a lot to gush over, and I hope you guys are all gushing over with us. Again, like and subscribe if you are unfamiliar with us or if this is actually you know what if you've listened to us before and you're not subscribed what are you doing fix that anyway we'll see you in the next one this has been the return of the show bye bye bye
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.